are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities, a show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. If this is your first time tuning in, we are a live and interactive interview show that airs Saturday mornings on Code Zero Radio. We do invite our listeners to call in if you have any questions. The call-in line is 920-358-0795. Got a special co-host today. As you might know, Electric City Experience will be starting up pretty quick. And I'd like to welcome Jim Collar, who's been on the show before. Thanks for coming in today, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always uh, always a good time. How's the the workload going right now? It is uh it's busy with uh you know there's uh, a lot to do to uh to to keep everything going and we work with a fairly small crew, so but uh you know, it it's it's a pleasure. All right, and then you can get done with it and do it all again next year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's get to our guest today. My next guest is the frontman for the band Unity. Unity is a multi-award winning original roots reggae group based in Wisconsin. They've got a very intense touring schedule and they've been all over the east, west coast. Uh, they've been to Hawaii. I'm excited to find out how, how, about how they managed to keep the energy level up on that amount of shows. Uh, they project a, a positive party vibe when they're playing, and they do draw audiences into the groove. I'd like to welcome PETA from Unity. Welcome to Fox City's Core. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. It's uh, yes. It's Unity's been like a band that it, they've been a powerhouse in the Fox Cities for quite some time. Oh well. As far as keeping the energy up, how do you find the drive to keep to keep putting albums out, keep writing music, and and keep hitting the road. I think so. Most of it comes from uh, the fan base in the Fox Valley itself. You know, Our, um, we got some really good bands in the Fox Valley, so they push you to stay in front. If you want to be in front, you have to be pushing 24/7. And we've been very grateful for you know all the fans from around the world that have supported us from Europe all the way to the Pacific, where I'm from, um, from Australia, New Zealand, you know, all the way to uh, East Asia. So we've been very, you know. Every part of the world that has uh, helped us, all every fan that we have has helped us, and we're very, very grateful. You know. Well, let's uh, let's kind of back up to when you got <laughs> into music. So, yes. when what age were you when you started finding an interest in uh, music? I'd say about thirteen. Thirteen. As- Assemblies of God. <laughs> was that? And then... I, I, I'm a Methodist. You know, I was a Methodist. And I used to heard this band playing in the church. So um, all my friends talked about it. So I walked down there and check it out. For sure, there was a band in the Sabbaths of God. So I just sneaked there every Sunday to try to squeeze in with the drummer. <laughs> was this, as far as instruments go, what pulled you in first? Was it guitar? No, it was drums. Drums. My drum and bass always have been for the last, uh, my, pretty much my whole life. Drum and bass, guitar, because I front the band. I uh, I just played rhythm. I'm not the greatest, you know. I've got uh, Pat Stillman on guitar, phenomenal musician. So I'm just hang, trying to hang. And I got uh, on keys. I've got the young kid uh, Parker Kohler. Uh, his dad. Yeah, right I, I know that guy. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a monster. I mean, um, 
On drums, Mr. Calvin Harris has been with me from the beginning, same as uh, Tim Perkins. So I've been real blessed to have great musicians in the band. And you're originally from the Fiji Islands. Yes, sir. How old were you when you moved to the States? I moved to the States when I was 21. I moved to Hawaii. And I, I lived in Hawaii for about for a while there. And then I moved up here in 2002 when I first started the band. And you said you were... You, discovered music around the age of 13 so when you moved to the states how much uh, like music culture were you exposed to in the the fiji islands oh it hit me like a rock because it's from blues the only thing i listened to in fiji was uh, usually is country and reggae but when everything hit you know you come here you got blues you got funk i've never heard any of this stuff so just music just listen to everything from the pop Michael Jackson, listened to James Brown, then listened to Johnny Cash. I was just blown away with how much music there was in America compared to where in the islands where we were just limited to two stations. And that's all we had, you know. So you get to Wisconsin. Was it immediate to you that in terms of roots and reggae, there's a niche I can fill? There was some big reggae bands in Wisconsin. One of the top reggae bands at the time here in Wisconsin. A lot of people underlooked them as a naughty nation. They were a great reggae band. And when I first came into and there was a band called New Found Flavor out of Green Bay. These guys were dominating the scene from here to California before any of Sublime and any of those guys come out. These guys were dominating the scene. When I came in, I saw how the business was run. And I thought that we could, Fox Valley would, could do something a little bit different, but s- still stay in the reggae scene and hopefully, um, you know, keep our strings. In this business, in, in, in the music business, when you, when, you, when you get to be where I'm in and you're doing thousands of shows, there's a lot of defaults and there's a lot of good stuff that happens. So we try to stay more on the good stuff side. <laughs> you pick your war, your battles. And I, I've been very grateful to lead the guys I've had from the beginning, the guys who helped me through where I'm at now. There's a lot of people that helped me from Nashville, guys from Nashville, Jason Brown, uh, Steve Scott, all these guys that helped me out, Jay-Z, guys who helped me out from Nashville and around here from Indiana to make this band, form this band, help me start it to where it is now, where we are a powerhouse. We've never been a powerhouse. We just always like to play music. Um, and you guys know that there's a lot of bands that come and go. We're just very grateful that we're here, that we'll be able to stay as long as we can. We'll try. Now, we'll keep on knocking. When you moved to Wisconsin, you said you started the band like right when you moved to Wisconsin. Yes, I did. So was that? did that play at all in the decision to move here? Or was that a decision you made once yeah. you got here and well, saw like Natty Nation and... When I came here, that was the decision I made because I felt like American culture loved to have a good time, but they wasn't really exposed to good reggae music. Reggae music was great then, but it was only one-sided. It didn't really cater to the, the locals here. So I said, if I can find a spot where I could sell reggae music, maybe they'd understand it. Because reggae music is part of everything from country to Scar, if, if you follow reggae music back, you went all the way to, to church, to the islands, where, where reggae music actually the form of it, you know, then they add um, the mambo beat to it and all of that, and then it became the calypso, and then a lot of fusion after that. But reggae music 
actually came out of country. So I felt I could find a spot there and we could stick stick in there and see if we, you know, we could last. And we tried. So far, we're still here. <laughs> you said you had help from a lot of different people when you started. How did you meet the, the guys that are still with you? Um, the guy that was still with me, there were members before. Um, when I first came here to Appleton, there was a place called The Pig, downtown Appleton. I vaguely remember that. Yes. I was the first time was, I've heard of that in quite some time. There was a guy named Matt Golay who was playing on guitar. And Matt brung, and he was playing, and he looked at me, and he said, I know you. And I'm like, you can sing Bob Marley. So I was like, okay. So we did the song. Then Matt introduced me to Christine Vosters. Then from there, everything, from Steve, Scott, and next thing I know, we had a band. Then a guy named Kurt Thiel encouraged me, let's do this thing. And, and John Sardell, the guys pushed me. And then uh, eventually, you know, as people change their careers in life, we, we keep on evolving and we changed and our music kept on getting better and better. I got Jason Brown, used to play with Hank Williams, came in and I called him to help me out. And Steve Scott wanted to go his own direction and we got in Calvin Ayers. These two guys have been with me, uh, came with me to start it off and then Jason Brown had to leave for California. And then we brought in Tim Perkins who is when we were looking, we, we had to have the stand up. Yeah. Because American rock and roll, American 50s to reggae roots, it's always had a stand up. If you listen to reggae music, the, the early Bob, all the old stuff, they had a stand up bass. Reggae always had a stand up bass, never had a five or four string bass. What they play now is dubbed. That's not even reggae. Interesting. That's a very different philosophy. So we want to keep true to reggae and always reggae is always a always spontaneous there's not it's not a this is the lyrics and you follow by the book you have to keep on thinking out of the world what you're talking about is what's really happening is that what is that what keeps it fun that's the key to it i think so the whole key to our music is we always try to keep it different our tones are different we play rockabilly ska reggae funk because it's all part of one big scene it's live music and it's a love of music that's it so when when you were meeting all these people did you have any songs written at that point or did i wrote all the songs already most of them were in my head before i met most of these people because i was writing in hawaii so you kind of had an idea like this is what i i need to to maybe embellish parts in the song and Maybe yes. add this to it to spice it up a bit here. and Yes, and I've got to go back to Mark Goldie with his rock garden. When I first came, you know, Mark Goldie is a rock and roll genius, but he never played reggae in his studio. So it's a more hit and miss. We tried it. It worked, you know, but was recording on our part, musician-wise, we weren't ready for that, but we tried it and, and it worked. We got an album out of it. So this is what we got, and then we kept on pushing. Original music, you have to keep on pushing. We're strong now because we kept strong to the roots. Now we'll play a few more covers. Because we play a few more covers doesn't mean that we've gone away from the roots. No, we play covers that because we love that covers. I love the police, so I tell Tim, hey, can you sing some police? Uh, your son sing some Beatles. That's some songs I grew up with. And when they sing it, they add the reggae into it. Now it's our song. Even though it's a Beatles, it's still our song, you know. But 
Um, if you're a straight cover band, it's an interesting thought, you know. I, I don't, I, I, um, I won't say anything against it, but try and make it your own. So for us, this, I think so that's why people like us, because we, we take something and fuse it. Well, if you've never seen a Unity show, you guys do get people moving, and it's, you can tell everybody up there knows how to play their instruments, which... Gee, I got is, some... Uh, the, the guys on stage, I'm very blessed to be around them. You know, when my last breath, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell my kids and the people I've ever known, all the guys on stage with me, those cats know how to play. And that's from the youngest cat on the keyboards, Parker. And he's got a new name, by the way. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of young college kids calling him Spidey. Because <laughs> he has the last name. His first name was Parker, so they call him Spidey. You should tell hey, I heard you were Spidey. Yeah, so yeah I, I, give, I give him a little shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Spidey, you know, Calvin on the, on the drums, phenomenal drummer. He can go from rock to country to, you know. Bass player team, he can go from stand-up to six-string to four-string like nothing. And he can go to rock, blues. And as I, I believe what I've done is push these guys into different genres that we're not comfortable with. So as a band, we're all, all together because we're all trying to play something that we're not comfortable with. And, and we're trying to achieve something, and then we try it. And sometimes you could see the expression. We go, oh, okay, then we'll talk about it when we're in the bus and you know, on the next. Okay, let's make this better. This is what we need to work on. So practice and original music always. We always talk about it after every show. Talk about what's good, what doesn't work. And by the way, I have to go back to Appleton. When I came here, some of the best rock and rollers were here, original guys. Cool Waters, I got a shout-out to Cool Waters Band. Great band. That's one band I went and watched, and I was like, "This guys, how come they're not signed?" So, what are, what's your take on, like the, as, as far as the the bands that are here and have been established? Do you feel that, like you brought up Cool Waters? Do you think if if maybe they would have been able to tour more or do shows? Do you think they would have been able to maybe reach that next level? And do you feel they that- were they were already there? They were already there. Like for us, they, they were where we are now. So the, the problem they have, and some problems, it's not the, the lead singer or the guys in a band who manage. Sometimes it comes back to the individuals in the band. You know, Are you in the same goal? Do you want to reach the same goal as everybody else? And we always preach that every time we get in the van when we go for every show. We want to make sure that when we walk on stage, when we leave the stage, that crowd's never going to forget us. That's how we take every show. We play seven shows a week, eight shows a week. We've done it. We've done triples in one day. But it's about leaving every show with the best. And individually in, in the band, if you don't have guys like that, they leave. And I, I've had guys who come in and went. When, when you started in the Appleton scene, as far as the shows went, was it hard to, to find places to play at that time? I paid for a hundred bucks, the whole band. Nobody would open the doors to us. But Amitz was one place that opened the doors to me. And that's why I go back and play there at Amitz. That bar, there's a very few bars that open the doors. And when they open the doors to me, I never forget them. One of them was Palin Hops in Oshkosh. One of them was Husby's. So these venues, as big as we are, 
we go and play in that venue whether it's not about the money a friend is always a friend till the day you're done so you got to keep it that way you never never walk away from it now i always believe in friendship first family first everything else come later these are my family man i love that and so i mean emmets and places like that that open the doors push the dominoes down and then other places started seeing that you guys could deliver and started oh, getting yeah. a chance after I, that believe me to to have a band like us with nobody where there were two big reggae bands and nobody we were just nobody believe me there was a lot of venues that say no to us that say yes to us now and those venues pay us now and the venues that had opened the doors for us they're still the same as we went in there because i believe in that very much and the guys in my band they believe in me that's why we do it you know it's a lot different of a scene today is it not i mean in terms of not only the number of venues but the number of bands clamoring to get into those venues oh yes the venues now are less you're very right there's less venues now for live music so what we've been trying to do as a band like us we try to promote our local bands and one of the new bands that i'm i've heard a lot i've heard their stuff i haven't seen any of their songs or anything so far i've listened to some of the music uh disconnects and I'm, I've, some of the venues that open doors to me now, I'm putting them there. And I don't want anything. I just want them to have that same. If you start doing this, that's pride, man. We come from the valley. We got something to prove. You know, maybe I'm a foreigner, but I live here now. This is my home. So we got to prove that we got some musicians in this valley. We, you, we can bring Nashville here if you want to. This band has done it. We've had labels already ask us. So instead of us stepping on each other's hands, you're doing the, the rise up together and help yes, each other out. That's because it doesn't matter. The, the, the thing that I've seen now, because I, I'm not in the same genre as rock, I see a lot of the local bands always have problems with each other. You know, there's, there's a talk. People say, hey, this, they hang out together, but there's no, there's competition. It's the wrong competition. When you're looking at your mate that plays in a different band and you're worried if I... I'm better than them. No, you think how you can help him to get better. And you can, because once you help your friend and his band gets better, he's only got good things to talk about you. But if you got to be an a-hole, a lot of people are going to say, I don't want anything to do with that guy. We stay behind the scenes. We're not like any other big, any other small bands. We are like every other band there is. Just, we just been around longer. So, if any of those young bands out there who hear us, feel free. Reach out to us, man. The bands that have guts to reach out to us, I give them a spot. I'm not, I, I don't, it's your music that's going to prove it. It's not me. It's, if you want, to, you want to step up to the mic, then step up. How do you feel about scheduling shows with different genres? I love that. Because if I'm I'm around where I can watch other bands, I'm a big I'm a big fan of watching musicians. Because sometimes you listen and you could you could have a project on the side that you could do something with someone else. So we're so close-minded in music business. Sometimes individually, all of us have our own taste in things. You know, we all have our own taste. And if you got a side project that somebody could be a part of, that's how you join your friendship because you, you do projects and what you're doing is not only helping you you're helping them and they're helping you at the same time so it becomes a family thing 
This is the first in-depth conversation I'm having here. No other station or any TV stations. This is only one I'm going to say everything on it. Clean. <laughs> Appreciate the exclusive. Peter. Well, it's uh, <laughs> you're my homeboys, man. I got to have to do that, and that's how we're going to do it because a lot of people talk. If you're not sitting in my chair or standing on the stage with me, you have no idea what those boys go through in my band. Set up, break down, night in, night out. Some of them don't eat at shows. We just go and do it. Sometimes you stand there for eight hours to make sure that we get our job done right. Well, that's a lot of work, too. I'm glad you brought that up because you guys, for a lot of shows and you play so often, you've got your own PA, your own setup. You're not getting that stuff supplied, so you do have to haul that in, transport it, yes. set it up, haul it out. That because that was from day one because nobody would help us. So when they don't want to help us, we did it ourselves and we proved it that we can do it ourselves. And I'm 20 years and I still do my own roadie. I can pay somebody to do it, but why? Because I, I want to show bands you can do it. There's no rock stars here. A lot of, there's a big myth about being a rock star. There's nothing. The rock star is the person with a big paycheck at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you've made it to the point in the show where we do the uh, band reaction uh, segment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might have heard of this previous guest. It's um, somebody we had on about a month ago, uh, Jim Collar. He's the communications manager for the Electric City Experience. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we will play a clip, and then we can get your reaction. Sure. I don't think he watches, so don't All worry right. about it. <laughs> no worries, man. Here we go. Bad reaction. Bad reaction. Last year was was a little bit uh, a little bit interesting because uh, the, the year it was coming back after after a couple years off. Uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, the festival decided to uh, take a one year hiatus to kind of streamline things and and uh, and get everything in shape. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, COVID entered our world, and that uh, took us down for another year. So uh, last year, it was a matter of trying to recapture momentum. Uh, it, it was uh, you know. And there was also the idea that, uh, you know, COVID wasn't gone yet. So we couldn't even really start to the last minute because we didn't, it, it took us a while to gauge whether it would even be responsible to hold an event of that scale. Uh, once other outdoor events started hitting the schedule and, and uh, once it was interesting, we announced and then like, three days later the cdc came out and said well you don't necessarily have to wear masks outside and we're like "Woo!" <laughs> holy relief and uh so yeah maybe that's uh why this year it just seems that everything's clicking into place being is because last year there was so many different weird things we had to account for so that's the end of that clip um i guess we can look at it this way a band like Unity that is doing so many shows. I mean, there were some bands that were affected as far as, you know, they may be played a few times a week or a few times a month. And you guys were, I mean, this is six to seven plus shows. Uh, well, it's, 
our fans around, um, I'd say about seven states, very loyal. And most of them gave us, uh, when they hired us, by the COVID, we set up and they would keep their distance. They were just, you know, it was just everywhere we went and they threw us money to make sure that we had everything taken care of. Um, COVID was here and uh, we understood that. And us as the band, we try to, you know, try to keep safe by, you know, we wear masks wherever you go and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very different world now. And I think so Electric City this year is going to be, I'm excited. I think so I'll be jumping out of my skin on this show, <laughs> man. I tell you, I want to stomp on that. I'm, that stage this year, we're going to kick the dirt and make sure it rises a little higher than uh, ever. It's going to be a party. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be um, all the hard work um, that um, Jason and, uh, of, course, of course, you two guys. I mean, you guys have been plowing at this for a long time. Uh, Electric City, if, you, if you're not there to this weekend, you're going to miss out on the show that Unity is going to. We're going to lay it out on the main stage. Last year, we laid it out. That tent was packed. But this year, we're going to lay it out under the big open tent. So I needed more room. That tent last year was bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. People spilling out the sides. It was it was great. And I uh, I think so. The fans here in uh, in the Fox Cities have supported us from day one, and they want to show us support. That Fox Valley band has proven that we can, if we can take the U.S. That means if our band, a reggae band, can do it, that means any other band in the valley can do it too. It's a lot of hard work. But if you want to get there, I guarantee you, you can. There's no such thing. You don't have to go to Nashville or anywhere. You make your valley the home, your home, and do it from here. Yeah, and that, you guys know this. I mean, you look at our schedule. We travel. <laughs> yes, and you can. There's no such thing as you cannot. So you've got a bunch of shows before Electric City. This is going to air on the station Saturday morning. But when you're getting kind of towards a, something like Electric City, which it, you guys are playing late uh, Saturday night. And do you, do you find yourself sort of maybe giving like 80% at the show's prior just to save a little no. juice for the big stuff? You never do that. <laughs> so you're giving that's, 100% every time. That's all my guys on my stage. If anybody gives me 80%, I'd, I'd rather him not play or, or her not play. Walk off the stage. Because everyone deserves to hear 100% of you. If you don't give 100%, then why are you there? Just for a paycheck? We can get a paycheck anywhere now that pays $18, $19 an hour. I mean, you can go anywhere else and work. But if you're a musician, musicianship in the USA, they have to step up the game. No more of this sing-along crap. Play an instrument and sing with it while you did. Because they did it in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s where they made it happen. Come to the show. Don't buy the album. Go to the show that you can see the live, what, how the reaction of the crowd, because then it's a different thing altogether. Playing a show, it can be a lot like working out. It is working out. It is. When, uh, when you're doing a, a big show every day of the week, if you stop like where you have like a two-day break or a three-day break, does that give your body a chance to all of a sudden get sore? Um, no, because one of the biggest things that most musicians forget, eat, sleep, 
drink a lot of fluids, not alcohol, <laughs> because alcohol does not do anything for you if you're a singer or if you're in a band. Your job is to make sure that the fans out there are drinking and having a good time. That's your job. If Sometimes bands think that it's their job to drink and the fans watch. No. The fans don't, it's four hours of their time or two hours of their time they're coming out. Could you think, would you send your mother to watch a band that the guy's drinking on stage? No, I would not. Especially so, if it affected the yes. performance. And at the same time, you're not a genius. What they did back in the 60s and 70s, it's totally different here, a different time. Now you're in 22, people don't drink, people don't smoke. People don't do things like that. So in a band like us, we dry. We drink only root beers and water. We eat a, we eat a lot of good food. And sometimes we'll stop at you know, some fast food joints when we're late at night, but we gotta eat. So that's how we have the energy to keep it up. Sleep, very important. I wanna thank yeah. Jim again for uh, you know the Electric City experiencing it, because they do treat bands really good you get you get to eat uh sound is i think provided yes which is huge uh, do you find bands after the festival a lot coming back and asking if they can be a part of it next year already yeah absolutely and and one of the things i think that we're we're most proud of um is not only is this a great festival for the community to come out and hear all different kinds of music but but also the fact that it's kind of a refuge of sorts for for bands they can come out and they can be uh hang out in the vip area have a good meal have something to drink um and catch up with one another and, and go check out what all the other bands are doing so um it's really a gathering uh, for the bands as well, kind of a reunion weekend to, to just check out what everybody's doing and catch up with one another. So we're really proud that that bands see us as that opportunity. It takes a lot of work. I mean, putting this stuff together, I can imagine what you know how many bands you guys have to deal with. Uh, uh, yeah. Just over fifty, and um, that's a lot of bands. <laughs> 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 that's not including uh, your vendors and everything else, right? No, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. just the bands. So, uh, what's your specialty? You guys have uh, beer sponsors and stuff like that, you know? Uh, yeah, we we've got uh, Stone Arch, and then uh, oh, yeah. then we've got Steve uh, from Stone Arch. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got. Uh, all your domestics as well, but then we've got a variety of food trucks, so we can uh, just have a, a good variety that everybody can uh, get what they like. And and uh, the the question I have here, the nonprofit is it uh, Appleton uh, Rock School? So the way that we we do it is. Um, we contribute to a whole variety of different causes. If you come to volunteer um, at the Electric City Experience, your quote unquote wages goes to the organization, organization. That, uh, that, that you're working on behalf of. So yeah. it ends up helping uh, a great variety of causes, but our special pet cause, so to speak, would be the uh, Little Pantry program at Little the Kakana Public Library. Uh, uh, Kakana is kind of, out there a ways to to whereas uh, you know the fox city's um, central area has uh, your saint joe's food program and different food programs this kind of uh, gives a provides a little bit of a stopgap. Uh, folks can go into the library and pick up their staples and uh, it, it's just goes to uh, 
the idea that, uh, you know, everybody in Kakana, if, if we're doing our jobs right at Electric City Experience, everybody in Kakana can have food on their table at all times. Oh, that's great. That's that. That's a kind of festival I'd like to be at. Pop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, at the end of the day, I think music is all about good vibes and, and you, you want... Uh, you want that uh, on the stage, but you also want that to reverberate all year long. Well, um, the question I have to—I want to pen a question back to you. How long have you had this station up and running? Um, I've been on it for a little over three years, but Bob Minter, the guy that started it, I think has been doing it for seven, seven or eight. I'm just wow. uh, code zero, so he's been doing it for quite quite some time. He actually moved to Appleton from Iowa just to be closer to the music scene here. See. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, we, we've got people coming into this music scene here, and then we have some great musicians. From, from your point, as I'm one of the bands here, how many bands like uh, original music that you see in the Valley right now? I, I don't know because I know there's bands out there, but I, I'm, not a, I'm not giving up tabs with them. You don't have time to, but <laughs> there's so it much. Yeah. It, it seems like after, like, when, when COVID, and I, it really bothers me to always talk about COVID, COVID, you know, yeah. COVID, COVID. But it seems like once we were hit with that period, like some bands that were around for a while stopped, and then it seems like some other bands came up, like during during that period. Like some just decided they couldn't sustain through that period, and others decided it was a good time to form a band. Wow. So it's, and there's and and a lot of individuals saw this as a great time to write and record and get it out there, um, whether YouTube, Spotify, whatever, whatever the uh, the, the venue was. might be. The op- yeah, the op- let me ask you this, Peter. I have, yeah. I have this you guys put so many miles on on your van. Uh-huh. Uh, being you play a lot outside the Fox Cities. Yes. Do you? Are you getting a sense on the reputation of bands from the Fox Cities at the outlying uh, venues that you play? I, do you hear more? Oh, you're from the Fox Valley. We hear there's a lot of great bands. A very, uh, you know, as we travel, the further we travel, we don't hear much of it. There's only one band I remember hearing when we were in Colorado was uh, Coors. Yeah. You know, there was a bumper, and somebody asked him, who are you guys from? And he said, we're from Fox City. Oh, you know the Coors band. That's the only... Um, from the Fox Cities, I've really never heard um, anything about bands that are touring outside of the Fox Cities. You know, uh, they've heard of Bobby Evans, you know, uh, I know I've, all the way down to the end of Illinois, Bobby Evans, another one is Jay Stulo, you know, some people know that name. Some of the older cats, people, their names out there, people recognize them. But the younger bands, I, I haven't heard too much, but I, I hope they can get out. Jeremiah Jam's band, I'm, I'm hoping they can tour more. I, you know, I've opened a few doors for them, but I want them to tour more. Disco Naps, those are Jeremiah Jam's, I believe his upcoming jam band that I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how those guys are gonna go out. You know, uh, you'll find me, uh, I, I like their music. I like how they develop the music. You know, the stage presence, it's great. It's it's phenomenal. I I think so. There's a lot of great bands around here. I just need to see them on the road more. That's I, the fascinating part to me of of this conversation today. Is you know you get you talk about the stage presence. You talk about a great show, but um, the blue collar effort that's before and after that period on stage 
is crucial. Very crucial. You're very right. I've been a, there's one thing that's been always interesting for me. Every venue you go to, you have the same kind of people that go out to listen to live bands, the people that love music. And they all over the world. You just don't be scared to go and try it. And we did that. We went all at Baminji, Minnesota. You know, we played in Baminji, Minnesota. You could see the Canadian border. I've done that. You know, South Dakota, we played at Sturgis. How many reggae bands play at Sturgis? We've done it. I mean, we had to push the level to see, okay, where we stand. And if to be able to do that, then I believe, if we're a reggae band, be able to do that, then with media nowadays, you could be sitting at home and your band can be touring around the world if you want to do it. That simple, because everything is at fingertips. Before, I used to make calls every day, try to, you know, call the bar and stay there on the line trying to wait for the bar and to call me back, you know. Nowadays, everything is at fingertips. It's text and it happens. I mean... Uh, is there something that happened during a show that maybe made it stand out from other shows? I, I love finding out if there's like been any mishaps or any big <laughs> catastrophes during a show. And I'm, I'm betting you've got some of those stories. A lot of it. <laughs> uh, I'll put it like this. Um, you've never seen anybody run across the stage and while you're playing and, and launch into the crowd and the crowd was cool with it, totally naked. <laughs> uh, let's happen to us. So, um, we've, we've, what do you do in that situation? Do you just, you just smile keep on, and keep playing? Keep playing. Because <laughs> if the people feel that your music can deliver, can deliver that kind of effect to the people, then you're doing exactly what they want. I, th I have a feeling people like seeing that kind of stuff too. They, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, uh, because we're, we're, um, we got a very young base that follows us to a very, you know, very young, young kids grew up around unity who used to walk on stage when we were playing and still do till today. So we try to keep that part of it. That wild part, we usually try to keep it way late when all the kids gone home. And if they do something that crazy, then it's not us. You know? <laughs> but we play for a lot of uh, children and youth. We, we play for families. So it's uh, the children's museums, like in Illinois and Hawaii, out here in, um, in Milwaukee. We do a lot of shows like that into Michigan. So we are f very fam family-friendly shows, too. So. They kind of want to... I want to get into the recordings now. Ooh. Was the was the first official release was that Liberation or was there one before that? It was uh, Liberation. Okay, and that was according to my notes 2004, that could be wrong. No, that's right. But did I think you recorded like a quite a few of your releases at Rock Garden Studio? Yes. How did and I know Mark Goldie actually yes. does some vocals on there and you've got yes. some impressive names you brought up Jay Sulo earlier. I brought He's him on there. there. Um, monster, monster guitar player. <laughs> I'm, I worship the world. Lanny walks on man is. They talk about guitar man. That's a guy. <laughs> and he's he's still putting out some great stuff. He is a monster. He's beyond my step. He's like a way step ahead of me. You know those kind of cats. Jay needs to be on a label, on tour around the U.S. He's that caliber of a musician 
that for him to play with me or play any band like me would be a step down for him. He's that talented. He's one of the best. When I came here, he was one of the best players I've ever I've ever seen, hands down. Until today. So he he came in. Was that kind of intimidating to have Holy Jay come smokes. in there? Holy to... <laughs> I mean, you only see that stuff in Nashville, L.A. Um, Las Vegas is the other place where you want to find really top guitar player. He would smoke him under the dirt. He would kick him under the dirt and walk out like nothing. <laughs> it's that. I mean, that caliber of musician. If if I just say if I was a manager, if I was to take him. He wouldn't be here. He'd be Europe. That's how good this guy. He could be playing with any top rock and roll band in the world, and he would fit right in. There's a very, very few cats that fit that caliber, and he fits that caliber. Hands down, I best guitarist I've ever seen. Another guy. There's a few other cats that are close, but that guy, yeah, guitar. So that uh, the first CD comes out, yes. Jay's on and Mark and those guys, you recorded a, a bunch more at Rock Garden. Yes. What kept bringing you back? You said Mark Goldie had not been, um, to that point, he had not done any reggae music. It you know, wasn't yeah, his wheelhouse. Was, I just wanted to be more diverse. So it wasn't about, the, the, if I wanted to record reggae, I could go. My cousin in California, I've got reggae artists out of Hawaii, that friends of mine and cousins that have helped and stuff. I wanted to keep it in the valley and rock rock out in the time Mark, I believed he had the best years there was. And he still does. So I wanted to try it with him and jumped around and tried it with him and it worked. Those two albums are still selling. People still listen to those albums because it was very raw. It was cut raw. How was his recording technique when you were in there? Was it when he first started, he was uh, there was a lot of toys <laughs> at the time, you know, he's trying out, you know, going from from um, hard to now to digital. There was the transfer of, you know, and but it was great. I, I love Mark. I I believe now Mark has a little bit more uh, better equipment. And I think so at that time he was just going through equipment changes and he wasn't, I think so with his equipment he's got now, all the stuff that's coming out, I'm like, wow, this is natural stuff. So do you have a preference as far as digital or analog or is it something that? Is analog it- is always the best. If anybody asks me, I say analog. I'm, I hands down. If I want to record now, I think so. I'm going back to analog, because I think so. The the tonality mostly for guitar players, if they got tubes, and your son knows this, got tubes. You don't want digital. You want the raw sound, and, th- and think so. That's part of our show that we give them the raw sound instead of putting it through a digital, you know, mix. We have a digital mixer where we put everything out, but we keep it raw as much as possible. Well, and you have such a powerful live show. Is it hard when you're recording to, to kind of bring that feeling to the recordings, or do you feel like something kind of gets lost in the recordings? It, everything gets lost in the recordings. We're a live band. Recordings for me is just, it's just to try to capture that music and put it out there. I, I love it. I love my, the songs that we put out because the musicians that work so hard to do that, and we put it in there. That's why we put it. But I would I don't have to do one. I don't want any albums. I would, if they will ask me, I would say, forget the albums. You want to come to our show? Come to our show. I'll kick the doors open, and the boys will come riding in with their horses. But guaranteed, every show will never step down ever. <laughs> 
when uh, when you are recording? Yes, sir. Do you do it live or do you do one instrument at a time? We do one. We try to do it live, but when you're trying to do it live, you've there's a lot of feedback yeah. and stuff depending where you are, and it it does affect the recording quality. So we try to do individually. But if somebody was to ask me if I was to record, I'd say always live is the best time. It's the best because you're just catching everything raw. The data is raw. The environment is raw. It's there. Have you thought about putting out a live album, Peter? Believe me. Jim was right on that one, I think, right? Believe me. <laughs> We've talked about it. Because I don't know if you've got a least favorite part of recording. We'd love to do one. But I'm, if I'm going to do a live show, it'll be just one or two live of our, that live. I don't want to capture the whole live show, but I would just capture the songs, the original songs. And that's because when we do a live show, it's totally different. The dynamics of the musician on stage, these guys talk through the instruments and I'm just part of it. And it, it, it over doing 20 years of it with these musicians, I feel like it's their talking. These guys talk to each other through the instruments. And it's just a look. Everybody's on stage. They just look. They don't talk. The guys on the band, I'm doing all the talking. Nobody talks. It's just a look. Head nods and everything. Just It just happens. I, I, I don't know how it does. It's like magic. When somebody told me, we go to practice, it, we, it's so hard for us to practice. We're going to practice this song? Okay. Everybody looks at each other like, what are we going to But when it's on stage, Calvin just go. We all this. Does Unity even need to like do regular practices since you're doing so many shows? No. You know, when you're playing out that often, it seems like it would be kind of redundant. Most of the new songs we write right on the fly. I'll call out the chords, give the tempo, I'll just click it, and Cal click it, and I'll just hum the bass to Tim and Tim hum it, and everything goes boom. That's there. How, how do you song write when you're all writing? here? You don't write anything down or. No, because it's the feeling of what you, at the moment, what you feel and what the people feel. You're taking that experience and your experience and you're mixing it in the ball. And you go, okay, this is what's live. That same song to the next show is different because the environment is different. What it calls for is different. Sometimes somebody's having a bad day, so you take that song and you make it rock so that person will feel good. Sometimes I've seen people sitting at the show crying. They have a bad day. Well, I take a song and make it happy so that person jumps up and dance by the end of the night. I love you all. Because you just took a song and believe in it and you believe you can change that person's life for just three minutes. That's all it took. And that three minutes, that person will never forget you. Now you've been around for a while, so do you get a lot of people after shows or before shows coming up to you and, and telling you that you've made a difference in their life? And Every show. From here to Florida, from here to the east, to the west coast. Yes, that's got to be a, a good feeling and somewhat kind of strange too, I imagine. It's my purpose on this planet is to to make sure that music gets heard by people, and at the same time, my purpose on this planet is to serve those people. I've never been a musician. I've been a server from day one. So I have to keep on serving. And all the guys in my band understand that the way I look at it is my personal opinion, and they believe in what I believe in, that we serve the people that come to our shows. Every show, even if it's a young kid, cater to that person. Because at the end of the day, if you go to bed, what have you done good? 
You know, our days are hectic. You could go here and somebody scream at you and show you the finger. You know, you're mad for the whole day. But if you go at the night and you do a great thing and you make somebody smile, that feeling kind of takes over that whole. So when people think, my days, I have hard days. Right now I'm very sick. A lot of people don't know that. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm putting everything right on the table right now. I've been sick for a month. Can I ask what... what uh, I can't tell you that, but I'm just going to tell you I'm sick. But it's, it could kill me. I could wake up tomorrow and be still alive. So I live every day from like how when I first started this band. I'm going to stand up every morning. If God gave me the breath to play, I'll play. And if you're not on the same mission with me, step off my bus. And everybody else who ridden this bus from Calvin, those guys have followed me over over 14 years. Calvin's been with me, same as Tim. So these guys must, must have seen something. Now we're ripping the benefits of it, you know. But it's not my work. It's all our work. It's not one guy makes a band. It's the whole band. I'm the front of it. I'm just the guy that turns it where we need to go. Everyone in the band makes the band. There's never been what one man. I'm just the front of it, and it's easy because people recognize me. And I'm always the front guy talking to people. So <clears throat> I'm a servant to music. And I, until the day I die, I'll be still a servant till my last breath. And I want it that way. Nothing else could do change it. <laughs> Some pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> ah, it's it's all the same. If you if you look at it, like um, you're serving right now, you're telling people, showing you know, bringing something to life. Now, what you hear right now, there's no other station out here in the world that's gonna have an interview with me but you. Well, again, I thank you for doing this, Peter. <laughs> I, I man, uh, your your family, man. It's it. This is where this band started from. So the base is here. So who else would I rather do it with? Right? I could be in Florida or California or Nashville. No, I'd rather do it here. Put it out there. Your latest album. Yes, sir. Was that Sunset 7? Sunset 7. That was recorded at a different studio. Yes. Was that kind of weird to venture out from Rocker and Studio? Well, we at the same time, we were trying to help a friend out. Okay. So, and I don't want to go into the details because I love both Mark and this. Why tell? Because... That's how you you do business at times, and sometimes you you're friends. You need to make he needs to make a name, so you try to help him out. But did it did it feel different recording this one, like because you were kind of comfortable with know, Mark? You, yes, and, and I, I believe this younger um, we went to record with Aaron Zersmeister, great ears, great engineer. If any young band, bands want to go, that's a guy to go to. The young, he's got the new sound. But if you love rock and roll, then you go to Mark Goldie, baby. There's two different sounds. This guy caters more to the modern hypnotic sound. Mark Goldie is true to rock and roll. His sound is authentic. If you want rock and roll, let him dial your amps in, and that's the guy. The change of pace, though, that... That brings something. That does something to the music, does it not? It does change the whole. Um, I think so. It changed. It's cha more mainstream. That album was very mainstream. We had to do that to keep it more mainstream, so people could listen easily. Listening, more mainstream. 
because we were a raw band. So you had something more mainstream like that. A lot of folks love the old album, the Oceania album. It's more raw. It's more live. The the cover of that album was pretty cool too, and it you, that was from a painting. I I read. Yes, that was from a painting. That's your backdrop for your shows. Yes. So how did uh, do you know the person that did the painting, and they was it made with unity in mind, or was it something that just went you know made a good record cover? Sunset Seven. There was a few, uh, the inside, there was a few people that drew a cover-up, but it was, it was cool. I, 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 the art speaks for itself. If somebody wants to know, they have to go look at our album. Okay. <laughs> I, I, try, I try not to talk about the art because the art, artist itself, the name is on there. It's credited. Yep. So you've got to go credit. I have to keep the credits where it belongs and that art. But that album is one of our biggest albums right now. Have you had any opportunities for licensing? I know that's kind of a big thing nowadays. To I license. license. I just put everything through. Um, I license everything through TuneCore. I go TuneCore. That's all. Take care of all of that stuff. Yeah. Like over time, obviously things have gone more digital since yes. the band started. Is do you find it kind of hard to keep all this stuff updated? Is it something you like to do? Some people like it. Some don't. I don't because my my time right now is is more spent on on uh, focusing on on bookings. That's uh, got to be a monster in itself. <laughs> it is a monster right now. We're in a I'm in a decision phase to take care of my health. For next year, we're going to pull back a little bit on our shows, and we're going bigger shows. Because we have a production company too, so we have a production company that doesn't do our shows but does other shows. So there's a monster within Unity the band. We got few things that are cooking all at the same time. So, but we um, we're looking at the next phase now. We might have to bring somebody in to handle all of that licensing and actually tourists on a more on a national on a national scale. But, it all comes with money. Everything takes money to get there. But we, uh, we're uh, we're knocking at the doorstep right now. We've got opportunities from here. To, from here, to, the world's an opportunity now. It's just amazing. But the facts, Fox Valley, this is our home, and we're gonna live a streak here. When our time is done here in the valley, when my last breath is called, they're gonna know this band was built right here in this town. If there was one thing that you would want people to think of when they think of unity, like 20 years down the road, what would it be? Homegrown. It was people in the valley that made this band. Not not me. It's the valley that made this band. We proved it. A reggae band in the middle of the middle of Wisconsin grabs some awards and makes some touring and makes a name for itself. Quite a few awards too, I might add. We how got, many how many whammies did you get? I've got, I've given away awards um, because I, I feel the awards belong to the younger younger cats, and I try to say that some other awards from other places that they've given us, and we, I try to. It's not about the awards, man. At, I mean, I appreciate it, but damn it, music, live music, gotta support it. 
take that money for the awards and support the band. Get them into bigger venues. Get some of these young bands to play in bigger venues. And I believe they can do it. The whammy. I want to talk about the whammy. They should open it up. Let anybody come. Let anybody vote. Free voting. It shouldn't be just you got to be part of an organization. Live music is for everybody. I'm a reggae guy, man. I'm talking about rock and blues, sky and metal. I love some metal bands out of Milwaukee. Just kick the doors in. But they're not part of this organization because nobody tells them they can be part of it. Yeah. I represent the less, the minority of all the bands. That's ska, heavy metal. That's two genres that I like to stick up for because those guys are never got heard. Another one is gospel. They're not even part of the, when Whammy does the selections, they don't even select any of these bands to be there. They need to be at the table. They need to be at the table. And the Valier has those bands. Put them on the table. Because any of those metal bands, I'll be 100% behind them. If they got original music, I'm in. That's uh, something that I, I think we could address in a future show. We could get some uh, whammy people on here. And, and yes. I'm one of them. I am, I am on the board <laughs> yeah. of whammy. And what I can tell you is uh, we've talked about a lot of that stuff, and we're working on a lot of that stuff. We've got a, uh, a new regime in right now, and uh, it's kind of um, just open, and everything's on the table. And we're figuring out um, and trying to piece together what's next, what do we want to be, and how are we going to do it? Because I believe we've went about, when we went about the wrong way. Even any music industry right now, they expect people to pay, you know, to be a part of this organization. Make people pay what they want to pay. If they don't have money, let them still vote. Make a penny, a dollar vote. If you want to vote, it's a dollar. It's easy nowadays. Women can make money like that to support the foundation. But... The music scene won't be alive unless we support all the small mom and pop shops that play music and not forgetting all the schools that teach music like Appleton Rock School in Green Bay. They've got some things going on in there. All the small schools that support live music. We have forgotten where we all started from. I started from looking at a band in church. I didn't own an instrument. So let's have these kids be able to do it. Because I think so, to get away from all the trouble that we're going through now, get all those kids in school, pay for it. We can do it. It's a great point. I mean, if we get uh, kids playing music, you don't have time to get in trouble. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's a sad thing about it. A lot of these kids, some of them don't have the money to do it. And so we have to try to figure out how we can get Bands like me, the bigger bands, to support. If a kid doesn't have that, we'll try to support the kid to get lessons. Just write us a letter, you know? I think so that's the bigger bands nowadays. We just worry about the paycheck. No, dude. You didn't get there without somebody teaching you, so let's help. Let's help these younger kids who can't afford it. I think so if you gave back, you know? Get back even once or two lessons a month. That's great. That's 150 bucks. Big deal. Big whirlpool. They should spend that in one nightclub. Right? So do it. And I think Unity is always game for something like that. Unity's uh, got a video for two shakes. 
Oh yeah. Well, what, how did that video? Because you guys have like, there's a lot of stuff, lots of live performances. If people want to find them on YouTube. Yes. Of course, it doesn't beat the real thing. You've got to attend in person to get the full experience. But there yes. are a lot of live videos online. But this one is like a full-blown video, music video. Yes, there was a. There's a. It's a producer. I have a producer that does that. That's part of two productions. We have a video company. We have a guy that does it. So they put together the whole Pacific Island, Pacific Island, uh, Pacific Island recording that handles uh, a lot of stuff in Fiji now in the Pacific. They do all the stuff for the tennis uh, tournaments and all of that. So that's part of two. Per that's part of Unity. So I, I've I've got a lot of wheels turning. A lot of people haven't asked me. A lot of people just see me playing music. But in order for Unity to survive. We have everything else turning so we can support the main key. So this video was from that company. So yes. So the band more or less like yeah. did the video. <laughs> yes. The, the, uh, actually, uh, no, we had our own production guys come in and line that up. The band just came in. We just played the role for it. Yeah. And that's including me. Um, they run the whole thing. I might say they run the scripts and everything. They put it more of a Jamaican island feeling to it. And they were shot up in little Jamaica, up in Green Bay. Because it was authentic food. I wanted to support something different than the friends of mine. And we play there. So I want to support small venues. I'm a great believer in supporting local first. Yeah. And I want to do something in Appleton. But my next video is going to be in Appleton. I won't tell anybody where I'm going to shoot it. But you'll, I will tell you when we're going to shoot it. We'll come here and do a special interview for that. And then people who call in or something, they'll get a ticket to it. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll make it very private for locals. So what uh, what is the next big thing besides Electric City that Unity's got coming up? And for people in the area that might want to check out the band. Um, Electric City will be one of the big ones. The one will be Midwest Sunsplash. That's July the 23rd. We'll be there. We'll be headlining downtown Menasha. We'll have the full brass section. The Rasta horns are going to be there. We're going to wake up Manasha. <laughs> <laughs> that town's always dead. So, <laughs> but it's uh, going to be right downtown, and we're blocking off the whole. It's just block party. All right. But the money goes to helping youth go, um, youth go of Nina. That's a um, nonprofit for homeless, uh, less fortunate kids and stuff. It's the same thing. What you guys working <clears throat> on? It's the same. Same. Something worth working for. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great organization and, and a great way to spend a couple of days. Yes. So, but Electric City is coming up, and I'm I'm focused on that. I've got uh, we've got shows tomorrow and Thursday. We've got some shows for the big donors down in Milwaukee. We've got some big donors down there that just want us to play for their private party, and we're very grateful for it for the Summerfest uh, donors and stuff. So we've been just grateful, and. I want to give a shout out to all the booking agencies out there. You know, a lot of people forget that bands like us, they're a booking agency like Banana Entertainment is one of the big, big ones in the area. Um, some bands think that they, I'm going to say it out. Some bands think that they, they don't belong booking them. But this guy that's been around here helping a lot of bands to get into all these venues. So if you work hard enough, They'll book you, but you got to work hard to get to that point where they can book you. 
It's not a free ride. Everybody expects this. Well, I have a band. Oh, you can book me. No, no. You know, uh, and Banana Entertainment has come a long way. You got the entertainment out of Milwaukee. That's part of the whammy down there. Same as Banana Entertainment. All these booking agencies here in Wisconsin, they make the music scene happen. So if you look at any big acts anywhere, you get a shout out to those guys who book those bands because these guys takes a lot of work. They just don't, band just don't come here to play. These guys do all, of, all the hard work before it gets there. Well, Peter, I want to thank you for coming today. Oh, man, thank you guys for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you. this has been a blast. Jim, thank you again. It's, you're a two-Peter now.